Welcome to the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. We are your hosts, Michael and Lauren Falk. We are physical therapists, athletic trainers, and strength and conditioning coaches at Kinetic Sports Medicine and Performance. We will be talking all things related to athletic performance for Milwaukee area athletes. Sports medicine, performance training, sports nutrition, recovery, and sports coaching. There's a lot of misinformation and myths surrounding athletic performance and injuries. This podcast is designed to bring current, factual, and evidence-based information to Milwaukee area athletes. Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. Today I'm joined by BJ. BJ is the personal training manager at Beef Fitness in Delafield. He graduated from Carroll University in Waukesha and has worked in the area ever since. He has a wide-ranging skill set in strength conditioning, personal training, and as a soccer coach. He also helps a wide variety of clients achieve personal fitness or sports performance goals. BJ, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, the best part of the podcast, we are just talking about this, is just getting a dedicated amount of time to sit down and really uh, talk to somebody, get to know someone else in the field. Um, So I really appreciate you uh, taking some time today. Sure, man. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. So... We always start asking about how you got into um, kind of the fitness, sports performance, personal training world. So what, what led you down this path? Um, I guess it started, you know, sports have always kind of been a part of my life, mm-hmm. um, kind of an important part of my life. Um, you know, soccer, I've played that since I can remember, you know, and as a kid, I played anything from t-ball to like karate and stuff like that. So sports in general has always been a big thing, right? And then as I... Um, as I went on to uh, study for my undergrad when I was at Carroll, um, like most most young people, I was low undecided, but I knew I wanted to do something like sports medicine, sports science, sports athletic training, something along those lines. I want to work with athletes and kind of like make them better or fix them or yep. whatever you want to um, call that. So I went to Carroll. I was originally in, in the um, direct admit physical therapy program, um, and, I, and I absolutely loved it. I loved the anatomy, loved the, kinda, you know, the science behind it and all that stuff. Um, but I realized uh, I didn't want to be in a clinic, you know, kind of, um, I guess when I grew up, right? Yeah. Uh, so I figured I, I felt like I could kind of touch more lives, like, outside of the clinic, right? Kind of either different setting. Um, and then that's kind of when I uh, fell into, like, the sports performance side, strength and conditioning, um, started to learn more and more about it. Um, and then my uh, final year of of um, being at Carroll, I had an internship at Next Level, which is a sports performance facility yeah. in the area, um, and I absolutely fell in love with it. You know, I, I, I kind of, I remember, you know, it's a little corny, but there was a moment where I, I walked in one day in my internship, and like I looked around, there was like a team, um, you know, team training, there was adult private groups going on, there was, you know, yelling, there was a lot of commotion, and I kind of just like, you know, thought to myself, like, yeah, this is this is what I want to do, like, yeah. I wanna, you know, this is, this is home, I guess, if you will. So um, did that for a while, and then um, after I graduated, I uh, um, applied here at B Fitness. Um, kind of, you know, I just I needed a I needed a job, right? I needed a, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the real world catches up exactly. Quick. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, you know, I, so I needed. A, so I went into the private sector, and um, I kind of found a lot of pleasure in doing that too. Like I, you know, gives you gives you the ability to kind of um, work with such such a wide range of people. Yeah, that's that's great. So what? Um, What's your kind of role as a personal training manager entail now? Like, what's a day look like for you? Um, I mean, still a lot. Uh, 
it's the same as a personal trainer. Um, it's still, still a lot of one-on-one, uh, one-on-one coaching, some group stuff. Um, but uh, definitely, you know, um, the fact that we kind of work for or are owned by a, a larger company, um, there is that, you know, that payroll side of things, the administrative stuff, the HR stuff, I call it the boring desk stuff, yeah. um, which like, you know, probably pretty much it. many, uh, many finished professionals don't like, you know, but it's part of the job and, yep. and, and I'm actually kind of grateful for that because it, it's taught me definitely a lot of stuff. Um, but uh, the other thing that I, I do, I guess, is kind of be in that leadership role, um, which I've found to like more and more and more is... Uh, I'm doing a lot of coaches of the coaching of the coaches, um, so kind of just helping younger trainers be better trainers or um, yeah. you know better better coaches, either the ones that are working with our sports teams and stuff, um, and then just helping um, trainers that are you know may have already been established or doing this um, for a little bit, kind of how I can help them um, do something differently, maybe give them a different perspective and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a lot of uh, it's people management for yeah. sure. Um, but uh, it's definitely definitely fun to, to coach the coaches I guess yeah no I think uh, I mean I'm kind of going through the same thing now in our business now that we're growing our team and stuff and it's like uh, I was talking to my wife about it but you're like going from just being like a player to being a coach of a, of a team and you know you, now it's like okay I can't just say like well just get out of the way like let me do it mm-hmm. that way like you've got to um get everyone kind of going in the same direction, just a cool role. So what do you enjoy most about like the fitness industry, being a personal trainer, working with, with, uh, you know, an active population? Um, I mean, I guess I know it's a, it's a widely used response, but I just, the fact that I'm every day I'm making a direct impact, you know, like a direct impact in, in, in somebody's life is, is just huge to me, right? Because there's a lot of people out there who do a lot of good for this world. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes depending on what they do, you know, there's people that like work for charitable organizations and things like that that don't necessarily sometimes, they do a lot of hard work, but they don't necessarily see the the end goal or the direct like who you're helping and stuff like that. Um, and the fact that I kind of see that on a daily basis is, is real awesome. You know, like having, you know, and it, it um, ranges from having, um, a kid that I worked with all summer, you know, say, hey, coach, um, you know, last year I was at JV and this year I, I got moved up to varsity yeah. um, to, like, you know, having a 74-year-old client tell me, hey, I you know, had my grandkids this weekend and I ran all around, you know, ran all around the house with them and I, and I wasn't tired, you know. Yeah. Um, so things like that. It's just knowing that, you know, big or small, what we kind of directly do is, is, is improving, uh, you know, people's lives. Yeah. And I think that's really cool, and just being able to get to know people in a way yeah, that for sure. you like learn those stories, and you get to look um, the connections, right? It's yeah, like, you see, like I like the like you see the journey, you know, of like start to finish and achieving this goal, and um, I, think, I think there's I'm always there's just so much similarity between what we do and what um, personal trainers do, and and it's really part of why we set up like our practice the way that we did, where we like we get to actually spend time with people and it's yeah. not just churn through yeah, 24 like a day. Time. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, that's, that's great. So, um, you know, have known Brett first uh, longer than, than I have. Um, so yeah. Brett's the new therapist that we just hired, but, um, you and Brett used to be coworkers are, uh, here at B. So I picked him, uh, his brain for some of the questions and topics today. So, Feel free to blame him for anything that you don't like. Uh, 
in talking to him, I think we're definitely going to have to do a second podcast because uh, we could go in a million different directions with oh, uh, talk shop all day. Yeah, <laughs> with your uh, your experience and things like that. Um, but there's a couple of things that I've just you know we've been been around B now for coming up on like a month and just getting to watch some of your work and sessions and things like that. Um, few things that I've noticed. So you work in both small group and individual settings. Could you walk through some of like the advantages or disadvantages of each of those models for when you're working with clients? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, the, the, I guess I'll start with the group setting. Um, right. I always, uh, kind of start with, um, the advantage of, of the group setting when, um, you know, I'm presenting to, uh, sometimes a specific demographic, right? Sometimes it might be a group of adults, um, but definitely like I find that the group setting works, um, best with, uh, kind of like the high school age, um, youth athletes, things like that. Um, you know, and, and I believe just because of the atmosphere that you can create, right. The, you know, the competitiveness, the group intensity, um, you know, you don't, not saying that you can never get that in a one-on-one session, but it, it's different, right? And anybody who kind of has been on a sports team knows what it, you know, it's different being in a weight room full of 20 of your teammates and, um, you know, going for a PR squad, yeah. right, with with heavy weight on your back versus, like, you know, you're just by yourself with your headphones in, um, you know, trying try to crank out a squat, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably the most important thing is just overall the, the setting, right, the intensity, which um, usually if, if you know, as a, as a coach who is leading that session can tap into that and kind of get get the most out of it I mean you really you can get some guys in, in girls working right you know make especially with athletes like working to the competitive you know, yeah. to the competitive side because everybody likes to win right yeah. um, so but uh, I guess the disadvantage of that is you know you can be the best coach in the world but you only have two eyes right yeah. so that's um, that's something that you know you're just always going to have to just deal with I guess and it's what I found is um, you know either being in the private sector or um, you know, I've been lucky enough to kind of be the strength and conditioning coach for like high schools and stuff like that and work in that setting um, it's just managing you know with what you got right you know yeah. you have a big weight room small weight room you have assistant coaches you don't you have volunteers you don't you know it's just there's I feel like sometimes with the group setting and then you add the numbers into it uh, can get a little more complicated because there's just a lot more moving parts um, but I for one I always am a big fan of of, of um the, the group setting um, for fitness, I just think it's more fun. Yeah. Um, I personally, as a, as a coach, kind of, you know, I tend to get very excited. I, I, I tend to get <laughs> pretty animated. Um, and I just find it so much more easier to kind of tap into that just personally, like, in the group setting, too. Yeah. So. No, I think that's, there's definitely pros and cons. We, I feel like everybody initially wants, um, everyone, like, wants one-on-one all the time like it, it's this perceived thing but there's certain things that I actually think it's better in can be better in groups like we um, this will go into you and soccer coaching but like pitching lessons I think are better done in small groups because how do you fill an hour with one kid like exactly. <laughs> throwing a ball yeah. for that long just and, get 300 pitches in there. yeah <laughs> like, so I mean, there's just certain things that sometimes you're like I mean, yeah, I, I get the quality that can come with one-on-one, but sometimes certain things are like better delivered yeah. in group uh, group settings. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's just like with anything, your treatment plans, you know, if you're writing a program design, it's kind of what are you trying to get out of it, right? And, mm-hmm. and it's, um, that kind of can dictate sometimes if, um, you know, especially too, like, uh, one of the things I love about the one-on-one is, is the specificity of it, right? Yeah. You can... You can 
you can be as specific you only have to deal about one person right and then and you can actually take the time to like just the other day I was on a one on one with a client and um, we were doing some dead bug variations right and she had couldn't figure out you know she couldn't get the kinesthetic awareness or whatever you want to call it but she just couldn't figure out how to like tuck her hip into it right mm-hmm. and, and, and get her get her lumbar to get against the ground and um, just hold the brace position um, and so I literally like walked her through like was laying down on the ground with her like talked her through every okay now feel this now feel this and I mean it took us probably like five to six minutes for her to do one proper rep but you know the fact that I was able to kind of give her that attention and, and talk through um, kind of the, the challenges she was going through um, you know you, you can't get that in a group setting right uh, um, because then you'd be almost like doing a disservice to the other guys every, right everybody else, yeah um, so um, and that, that's kind of a, a balance you have to learn too it's kind of like you want to get you want to give some attention but you also don't want to you know, be consumed yeah. by like one kid too. yeah you can't be all of them yeah that's one of the things that we talk about um, and we use as like a discharge criteria for like our athletes because we want to get them from like us into into like a strength conditioning setting so they can be back around healthy athletes they might still be working with us on some other things but trying to get them back into at least lifting um and that's kind of always what we say. It's like, well, we need them to be at a level that they're not going to detract from the group. Where, like, you know, their technique is good. They're not having pain. Where, like, it's not sucking the attention of that coach away from the rest of the athletes yeah. to focus on that one injured person. Um, so that's really good. And it kind of leads me into my next question. So you also work with a really wide variety of clients. You kind of alluded to this a little bit. But, you know, I was leaving last night and you're with group of three or four like young um, younger athletes and then um, during the day you work with more active adults and things like that so what are some keys to connecting with people of such varying backgrounds and and goals and kind of fitting fitting them into into who you are as a coach and a trainer um i think you know i guess i do it specifically with fitness but it's it's really i think it applies to anybody who has like a job that deals with people, right? You know, yeah. hospitality, customer service, whatever it may be. Um, it's just being, you know, I call it being a comedian, right? Yeah. And being able to, the, to gel with um, different types of people and, and, and understanding that too and like knowing, I guess there's a time and place for everything, right? You know, yeah. it's like, uh, it takes specific to, you know, your, um, you know, the, like the fitness industry. Some of my adult clients, some of my adult clients love the fact that, you know, I'm kind of on their, you know, <laughs> on yeah. their butt, kind of like, hey, do this, do this, bang, 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 kind of, almost drill sergeant-esque, right? Um, some people really like that. You know, some people need that. Uh, some people, you know, there's other people that hate that. They hate to yell that. You know, they, yeah. they, uh, they're, they're, you know, they want encouragement. They want their handheld. There's there's things like that. And then and then you take it to, like, the difference in age groups versus, like, working with an athlete versus a, a, a non-athlete, right? Versus um, versus someone who's older or younger. You know, it's um, just being able to, to, to mesh well. And the fact that, like, you know, especially with the high school kids that I work with, I'm not crazy amount older than them. Um, so that obviously has always been something that has made it easy for me to kind of connect with them a little bit. Yeah. Um, tend to be a little more in tune than some of the, the 40, 50 year old uh, uh, coaches. So um, that definitely makes it easy. Um, but then also being able to kind of taper that back and, you know, work with your 74 year old grandmother who just kind of, wants to do a, a general full body strength routine on some of the machines, you know, in your main floor. So it's it's being able to just um, kind of meet a person where they're at in terms of, of, you know, kind of their vibe, their energy, whatever you want to call it, and just matching that and getting the most out of that. Yeah. 
No, I think just like the soft skills are just really important and um, you, you can't, it's almost like you can't just have one uh, exciting, one, right? Yeah, like, here, like, yeah you've got to sure. be able to um, interact, have different interest levels, um, especially if you're going to go across populations um, different ways. Yeah, you have to, I mean, you can't be in one gear the whole time. Yeah. It's, um, and it's, it's, I guess, not that digress but it's, it's funny how you see it sometimes it's, uh, something I've actually told some of my trainers and coaches it's like you know they're, they're great in one setting right like I um, specific one younger trainer that I hired is um, he was great with athletes phenomenal with athletes they liked him he was kind of like you know ran the group was a little kind of high intensity liked to yell very you know, football coach-esque right yeah. you know, kind of like I had that um, had a pretty good presence stuff like that so in that setting it was perfect you know and you know, he would work with his adult clients and sometimes like I would hear him coaching the same way <laughs> and, and I would sometimes just observe, you know, see if, cause you, maybe his clients like that. Right. But I would see that and sometimes his clients, you know, either were like not super fond of that or, you know, maybe he, they didn't like the way he said something and, you know, just reminding him that like, Hey man, you, you know, you, not everybody gets coached the same way. Right? Different buttons to push on different um, people and things like that. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, really important um one of the books that i read early on that it's definitely helped with that is uh the how to win friends and influence people i love that book yeah Carnegie. Just like Dale yeah, Carnegie. yeah it's you know you could like retitle it how to not be a jerk yeah or how to just like other things but just how to be generally good in life like but i think it's really applicable for anybody that's working with other human beings in a one-on-one setting just to kind of learn how to connect and, and yeah, uh, sure. do things. I've noticed, you know, personally, it's more and more with the high school kids now as I keep getting older and older. Now I'm like, oh, uh, you, know, you remember this movie? And they're like, nope. Nope. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, that uh, was going to be a good story. And now, uh, so I'm going to have to... And then you tell them you saw it on, on your VCR and they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, pop, I popped a DVD into the DVD player the other day. And, uh, so... Okay, I want to um, dive into talking shop a little bit more um, about training and things like that. So, what are some of your key philosophies um, when working with a with a client? Um, you have anything that kind of spans across um, anybody that you look at in a certain way? Um, I think uh, instead of definitely something that's changed as I've kind of gotten I've done more and more um, work with more clients, more people, and kind of just got a little older myself um, and and talked to you know people that are much smarter than I um, but I, I, it always comes back to this and, and I always answer it I just think movement is key right and it's um, just movement in general right like you know one of my biggest pet peeves is when I get a client and they say my orthopedic said I should never squat again it's like so you should never sit in a chair again you should never do this it's just like, so you know we as humans were made to move right you know and so I, I that's always kind of square one for me yeah. um, you know can you does do you can you extend what needs to extend? Can you flex what needs to flex? Can can you rotate? Can you you know hinge things like that? Um, so I think that's just basic movement fundamental because like that just comes down to life, right? Specific you know you training aside, sports performance aside, you know it just comes down to like can you squat to get a box underneath your table? You know yeah. it's it's so it just really comes down to movement for me um, first and foremost, and you know kind of you know anywhere from seeing what you do well, what you don't do well, how we're going to kind of attack that issue and, and improve that and manage that. 
Um, so it's probably the most important thing um, because I, I think that everything stems from that to a certain extent. I mean, you know, if, if your goal is strength but you can't flex your knee past 90, you know, then you, there's a, we're limited in how much strength you, we can build, you know, if you can't do a full depth squat, right? Or right. you can't do, you know, a high, high box step up or things like that, you know, whatever you want to yeah. um, kind of do that. And then the secondary thing is is, is strength. I think it's um, – and strength, in, I guess, in the most general way of it because yeah. I think all of our – I take that back. I think the majority of our issues and deficiencies um, tend to somehow trickle down back to lack of strength yeah. or, or, or um, you know, so usually things that hurt, right? And you probably see, you see this all the time. Yeah. Things that hurt um, – you don't need to be stretched. They need to be strengthened, right? You know, yeah. and, and um, you know, so it, it really always it always comes down to strength. And you know, one of my favorite quotes is, uh, uh, "I'm a fan of uh, Mark Ripito, uh and like, is it's a uh, like strong people are, uh, you know, they're they're harder to kill and yep. they're just generally more useful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's you know, it's funny, but it, it's true. It's like I, you never want to be weak in anything. Weakness, yeah. weak is never good, right? So I think. Um, I think, I guess, specific to the training side, no matter what client you're working with, um, you know, take that 12-year-old baseball player to, again, your 74-year-old grandma, um, they're all going to need to move. Yeah. And and you don't want any of them to be weak, right? You know, grandma still needs to be strong going up the stairs so she doesn't fall and break her hip. And, you know, little Johnny's got to be strong so he can get a proper sprint to first base, you know, after hitting the tee, right? So it's it, it really comes down to that, I think. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, that's huge. And, yeah, I think it's this really nice to have some of those things that you can fall back on especially in a role like yours where you do see such different different people um something that we always talk about of like having these big rocks that like i don't care who walks in the door you know these are these are some of the foundational things that i think are really important because then you have a starting point and yeah everyone's going to be unique you're not going to do the same thing for those 74-year-old grandma and 12-year-old baseball player, but if you're reinventing the wheel for every single person, you're just going to go crazy and you've got to have that starting point. As unique as everybody is, I've learned that everybody's also pretty much the same. (laughs) (laughs) Just where do you start, where do you finish, and what's their goal in between, and then how do you you get there? Yeah, for sure. I have a a, um, good buddy of mine, they always tell me, major in the majors and minor in the minors, man, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it sometimes is like, why do we make it so complicated? Exactly. Um, okay, so as you go about setting up a session, so, um, you know, whatever length of time you're going to have or group, how do you approach building a plan for um, each client? Um, well, the first and foremost, just like any, I mean, I would think any assessment starts with, it's just kind of what they want, right? What, what are they coming for you for? Because um, especially... And something that I've, I've learned, you know, versus like being in the private sector in terms of like private club, you know, we work on a you know, kind of a more personal training side things. Um, you know, they're coming to you and they're they're spending their money for a service, right? So um, it's our job as you know as as trainers to uh, make sure that service a meets their expectations and, and it gets them what they want, right? In terms of um, you know results, right? Whether it be I want to lose weight, I want to gain weight, um, I want to gain muscle, you know, I want to be able to run my first 3K, whatever, right? You know, whatever you want to um, um, focus on, right, for the client. Um, but kind of once you understand their needs, right, their, their needs and what they want, um, then it lets you set goals, right? You're, you you want to call them key performance indicators. You want to, 
you know, have your battery of tests. Um, it kind of, like you said, gives you the baseline uh, because then it gives you a plan. And then from that, I guess it's, I wouldn't say easy, but kind of once you figure out that stuff, uh, you know, like, is it, um, it really comes down to kind of building a, a, a sound plan that they are first and foremost going to adhere to um, and enjoy too. Because especially the other thing um, that I've learned also being in the private sector is, you know, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a team where like you can force someone to do something they don't want to do. You know, it's, hey, you know, I hate deadlifting. Well, everybody on the football team is going to deadlift, right? You're going to deadlift mm-hmm. today. Um, whereas like, you know, they're adults, they're fine. If you come here and you give them a session that they absolutely hate, they can just say, you know what? I'm not coming back, right? I'm not, you know, so um, kind of getting, I would say getting that balance of um, giving them what they want while getting them what they need. Yeah. You know, things like that. So, um, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, my wife hides vegetables in my exactly, son's, right? my son's quesadillas. <laughs> yeah. And tell them it's like chicken or something, yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, because a lot of, I mean, a lot of people need that, right? And it's, uh, you know, specific to, I have a, um, luckily I have quite a few friends that are PTs and, and chiros and things like that, and they work in that side of, um, and there's so much crossover um, in terms of like, you know, they say good rehab is good training, good training is good rehab, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say the majority of people probably need you know, more external rotation or no more range of motion specific things, but, you know, are they going to come to a PT clinic and, you know, come three times a week? Probably not, right? Yeah. But if you, you know, pair a banded ERIR with, like, bicep curls, right, that they really like, <laughs> they're, you know, they're more willing to do that, right? Yeah. So, like you said, kind of the, the vegetables and the quesadilla, right? Yeah. You're going to give them the quesadilla, but get that band in there for the, for the vegetables. So, yeah. um, that's, I mean, I think that's really what it comes down to. And then, um, then your detail stuff, right? That, and, you know, your exercise selection, um, which also is dictated by your setting, right? Do you, yeah. How much stuff do you have? How much people do you are are, are you planning to have a session with? Is it a one on one? Where are you gonna have it? Things like that. So, um, but I think the uh, the most important thing is just getting um, you know their initial needs and wants and goals, right? Um, and then having that dictate your theme or your plan, and then just um, building the most efficient and simplest roadmap to get there. I think. Yeah. No, I think you hit a lot of things on the head that I agree with totally. I mean, personal training and physical therapy, I think, are honestly, I don't want to say they're the same, but they almost are the same. It's just we deal with people largely in pain or with specific issues. You know, you are generally dealing with, hopefully, people that, yeah. that aren't, aren't always, that, in, always pain, in pain. That wasn't the case, though. Yeah, and want to, <laughs> you know, ch- trying to lose weight, run faster, achieve some goal. Um, and I think the process ends up being the same. Like you hit it on the head with like having your assessment and their goals and we're the same way. Like we, now we use a bunch of technology that we were able to actually like assess strength deficits and power deficits and those things. And I, it's gotten to the point that I'm almost like, I don't remember how I did things without being able to assess it because we're so much more accurate with like, I'm not guessing what to do. It's just like you have pain in this area, you're weak here, here, and here, you're restricted in this, boom, we're going to do those things to try to solve that problem. Um, and it's like without having that, without having any idea about what they want to do, what they're struggling with, you're like, I don't know how to yeah. go forward. Can't fight what you can't see. Eh? Yeah, exactly. And then two, I mean, you kind of hit it on the head, like no one comes to personal training or physical therapy generally speaking because it's 
I mean, it is fun. Like, once you're here and it's good, but, yeah. like, no one's, like, it's not like, you know, people go buy a new TV or a new sports car or whatever because it's, like, exciting and that no one comes to work with you or I because of those yeah, things. Usually it's not a, it's not a, I guess, a good, a good reason why, you know, they're coming to the PT and things yeah, like that. Yeah, and so it's, like, they need to, you need to tie it to, like, they come for the outcome. Like, no one comes to get more extra rotation. Exactly. Straight. They come for, they can throw a baseball again or whatever the case may be and it's like I think that is something that I see in, in young clinicians is like they get obsessed with like your ankle is the problem and I'm going to do all this stuff to like fix that ankle or get your dorsiflexion back yeah <laughs> and then like the patient doesn't do it at home and it's like well yeah because they don't care about their ankle dorsiflexion like they care about running again like you need to you need to make the connection for them yeah, no, it's and that's the thing. It's uh, I guess, um, and I've I've joked around with this with Brett. It's like sometimes I feel like I love the fact that you know just strength and conditioning and sports performance and things like that. Like it's starting to get more validity as an actual you know in the field, and, and they're starting to get a lot more research behind it. And and so that all that's awesome. But I almost sometimes feel it's like some people are too smart for their own good in terms of like. Yeah. You know, like you said, don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, there are some people that just want to, you know, be fit, move, break a sweat, and like have fun, right? Yeah. And it's it's kind of not losing sight of that to yeah. the simple stuff too, because you know, is it great to, oh, I, you know, increase your back squat by fifty pounds and your bench by this and stuff like that, and like you know, these numbers game and, and this like, oh, your sprint is now down, you know, I shaved point three seconds off for your forty time and things like that. But you know, at the end of the day, it's it's big picture stuff. You know, it's kind of giving people what they want and, and, and helping them get back to whatever's important to them right? yeah. like how we can help that as, as health professionals no I think uh, I think that's fantastic so I've also noticed that you're very creative with how you um, kind of design your sessions and the things that you different that you use so you do a lot of different modalities from plyometrics hurdles jumping up over boxes doing circuit training um, mixing in some actual like boxing with clients, um, traditional Olympic weightlifting, things like that. Do you have a, a favorite or something that you gravitate towards or how do you kind of decide what to incorporate when? Um, I would, I guess if I had to pick a favorite, um, it would fall under like your traditional strength training, sports performance stuff. Yeah. Um, just because that's kind of, that's the Kool-Aid that I like to drink. Um, yeah. But I just think, you know, I'm very, I very strongly believe that you know, if you kind of train as an athlete, regardless of your age and, and, and who you are, you, you're going to be pretty fit individual, right? We look at athletes in our society, and they're the most fit people that um, uh, the, the most fit people that you know, kind of we have to offer. So, you know, regardless of what you do, I think everybody should be able to run, jump, squat, push, pull, hinge, things like that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I would defer to, uh, but also. You know, I like to think of myself as a generalist. You know, I know it's it's not it's not cool to be like kind of a generalist any anymore. Like you see it, like you'll see it on Instagram and stuff like that, yeah. and like social media. And it's like I'm a movement coach, I'm a sprint specific coach, and things like that. And it's you know, I can always say it's I, I'm a big analogy guy. It's like you know, would you go to a mechanic that says I only work on the taillights of Chevy Silverados <laughs> from '85? You know, whatever yeah, it may be, yeah. right? Um, so I think as as um, fitness professionals and strength conditioning coaches we should be generalists right we should be able um, 
kind of teach athletes how to do athletic movements. We should be able to teach an athlete how to sprint, how to properly move weight, um, how to properly recover too, you know, things like that. So um, it, it really, I think it always comes back to what, what the client or what the athlete wants and needs, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I like throwing in boxing. I like throwing in ladder drills, you know, I, um, with my adult groups. I love throwing in certain... I'll, throw, I'll kind of dumb down some drills that we do with like my sports teams um, because at the end of the day it's fun right yeah. they're gonna they're, they're running they're moving they're blending they're touching down the line they're, they're you know they're getting a cone and, and they enjoy it so um, you know that's kind of how I, I dictate kind of w- w- what that session is going to look like yeah no I think that's awesome it always looks really fun and different and time, and, Mike. yeah <laughs> absolutely so Okay, I want to shift gears a little bit. I know you're also a high school soccer coach. Um, I think it's a really unique experience to kind of see it from both sides, both coaching and the fitness side. So um, put on your soccer coach hat. What are some things that you wish personal trainers, strength coaches, et cetera, understood or did better when working with soccer players? Uh, I, I would definitely say um, just train them as an athlete first, right? Um, I feel like you know, kind of back to that specific point where, like, especially young coaches, I did this myself as young coaches, you try to be too specific. You try to like, complicate things for the sake of, you know, call it ego, whatever you want to call it. You just want to make it more complex and, you know, do, do this program, do this percentage, do drop stats, do this and all that. Um, so I think at the end of the day, it's just kind of, like you said, the big rocks, right? So treat, treat, train them as an athlete first. Um, and then after that, uh, I guess the second part of that is like, but don't forget that they play soccer, right? right. And, and, and what I mean by that is, like, you know, Chandler's an athlete first, but, you know, as a soccer coach, do I, am I super impressed that you improve my, you know, my left back or my midfielder's bench by 60 pounds? Like, that's good, right? Yeah. But, you know, specific to soccer, it's not, you know, but if you tell me, like, hey, I improved his hamstring strength in your, you know, your, your three forward, um, you know, 17-year-old female midfielders, you know, and, uh, so now they have that much less of a chance to have a blown ACL on contact. Like that, that's important to me, right? right. So, um, and then specific to like the trainer, like that should dictate what you do. You know, so you're doing your eccentric stuff, you're doing your Nordic hamstring curls, your TKEs, things like that. Versus, you know, not saying that you should avoid the upper body, but you know, m- maybe do like sixty forty, right, seventy right. thirty, things like that. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's that's a really like profound thing to look at because it's always and you, I think you said it really well because I always see stuff kind of like what you're saying where it's like oh but it, is it sports specific does it transfer it's like well does it always have to yeah. like again back to they're stronger and harder to kill and probably less, yeah. less likely to get injured like yeah. that's a good that's a good start um, so then switching roles from kind of your uh, experience as a personal trainer and fitness coach um, what are some things that you wish that high school soccer players uh, understood or did better like in the weight room? I think it comes down to um, just educating themselves, right? And what I mean by that is, um, you know, from someone who's, who's come from a soccer background and you know, lived in Brazil my whole life, um, it really, there's almost, it's definitely changing, um, but it's almost like this myth, right? This unwritten rule that like, soccer players don't lift weights because we're not football players, right? Yes. And it's, oh, you're going to take my super agile, you know, take take Leo Messi, right? You're going to take my super agile guy and you're going to put him in the weight room and he's going to be big and bulky and, and it's, 
you know, so yeah. I think uh, the biggest thing is just education, right? And, and a lot of my dialogues with many soccer coaches has been just that. You know, they they think they see strength coach, strength conditioning coach, or they think weight room, and they're like, "Well, you know, this isn't a football team, right? You're going to make my guys bulky. You're going to, you know." And it, it's <laughs> it's really kind of just educating them and showing them that, like, you know, it really comes down to it's like, regardless of sport, right? If I go to any coach and say, "Hey, I can." We can do this for six to eight weeks, and I can, you know, with with pretty good confidence, guarantee you that um, make all your all your players um, slightly faster, uh, better mechanics, um, a little more injury injury, um, you know, better injury prevention, um, and just overall stronger, right? And, and then on top of that, they prove their confidence a little bit. What coach wouldn't want that? You yeah. know, it, it, it's not specific to sport. It's just like I can make your athlete more athletic. Yes. They're going to be better at whatever they do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like the athlete first mentality that you yep. can you can take a great athlete and turn them into a soccer player, more or less. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to no, say everybody, I, I, but uh, but you can't necessarily take a good technical soccer player and turn them into an athlete. And it's like, yeah, hey, it's awesome. You can you can dribble a ball three thousand times in a row, and uh, you can juggle, and you can hit every goal. But if you can't stay on the field because you're always hurt or you can't outrun anybody to uh, actually get open then what good does that yeah, do? Yeah, no, it's, there's, there's, I mean there's that cliche and, and you, you hear it in soccer all the time but there is a reason why I say speed kills, right? Yeah. Um, and you hear it a lot in soccer and it's, it, it comes down to as much as skill is important um, you know, it's like that physicality like you can be the, you can have the best you know, shot in the world, right? But if you're always one step behind because you can't get to the ball or anything like that. Yeah. Then you know you're it, it's no good. Yeah. Right? So it's just it's just having that. And I also think uh, you know I uh, big I follow the EPL, uh, big Chelsea fan. So uh, shout out to Chelsea out there. Yeah, there um, but um, we'll, you know we'll get the hate mail in the comments. About <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just love. <that. laughs> but um, uh, no, I think something that they're doing really well, and just like a lot of the European um, uh, side of it, you know, Germany too. Uh, um, with their professional teams, is they're they're getting real specific with their like their training. Um, you know, they're they're um, got their strength conditioning coaches. They're doing training, uh, you know, anywhere from three to four times a week. Um, you know, do a days with two a days with like their technical training. They call them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're getting high tech. They're doing you know FRD testing. They're doing yeah um, you know laser time testing. Like they're understanding right. Obviously, these are people that get paid a lot of money and you know have mm-hmm. have, have have been uh, um, doing this for a while. So. Um, they understand that there is benefit if you if you you know if you do it correctly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you kind of hit on it too with the injury prevention side. I think that's one of the under discussed things that we can that athletes can do in the weight room is just and it's it's crazy when you actually look at the statistics of it. But they don't even actually have to physically get stronger. But if they just consistently go into the weight room and follow a structured program, they their risk of injury goes substantially down both like acute traumatic injuries overuse injuries and it's like you don't you don't even have to actually get stronger you just have to go do it consistently yeah, consistent, yeah. um, and it's like hey if, if you're more available you're going to be a way better you're going to be a way better player if you can practice more play more etc so exactly that's uh that's great I'm, I'm glad that you said that not me because <laughs> you know it's coming from a soccer guy so uh uh maybe it'll be more uh, well perce- well received <laughs> Um, last question that I want to dive into what what have you learned as a coach or from coaching that's impacted your philosophy as a fitness professional 
or vice versa? What you what have you kind of learned from your role as a personal trainer that you brought into your um, into your coaching? I think in terms of um, specific, <clears throat> so my fitness philosophy being influenced by my coaching is um, uh, having buy-in. And what I mean by that is, um, I'm a sorry, personally, I'm a big fan of Brett Bartholomew. Um, read you know read his stuff, um, and he he's real big on that stuff, right? Big buying mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, you know, so I, I I really kind of share that concept in terms of the team setting. Um, you know, developing buying, like showing that you know the the we is greater than the I, and, and, and things like that. Um, because you know. In, he said something in effect like once you get that like they'll move mountains for you you know yeah. that's gonna get them believe that they and so like taking that in, into like the private setting right and having buy-in from a specific person um, and I think that's where um, having that connection is huge once someone believes that you genuinely like care about the them as a human rather than a client or an athlete and stuff like that then um, definitely you get a lot more out of them right you, you, you're able to kind of push them a little bit more just because again you have that connection you have that relationship and you have that trust which is huge and that's something I learned from my, with, uh, with working with my athletes and something I've kind of carried into uh, the private setting working with you know my adult clients and things like that yeah no, that's great you know the uh, second second guest out of the last three I think that's uh, brought up Brett, Brett Bartholomew from the uh, coaching and buy-in side so if we have any aspiring young coaches or uh, therapists or anything listening Get the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead and go get the book because it's clearly uh, clearly been impactful for people. So, okay, that's great. So we're going to finish up with uh, uh, a fast little lightning round. We just kind of do this for fun. Let people get to know you uh, a little bit better. So um, I'm going to start with a question since you've known Brett longer than us. Do you have a favorite funny or uh, story, podcast appropriate, <laughs> um, about Brett? Uh Yes, I do actually. It's Good. <laughs> probably um, a little embarrassing on, on my part, but uh, so about I'm gonna say about two, a little over two years ago, or two and a half years ago, when um, Brett Erzy under finished his undergrad, um, he had he had applied to be fitness, and I was just I think I was maybe I just received the management position, um, so I was like there for maybe a month or two. Um, so I see this email, you know, great email, good resume. Um, I see Carol, and then I see the name Firstful, and I'm like, oh, like that, you know, seems familiar. Um, I feel like I went to school with this guy. Uh, so I don't know, I guess uh, a little bit of background, Brett has an older brother who's two two years older than him, um, and his name is Brandon. So it's Brett and Brandon, right? And they kind of look the same a little bit, uh, <laughs> you know, not so much anymore, but they were younger, they kind of did, yeah. similar, kind of similar body type. Um, so... You know, Brett sends me this um, this email applying for a job, and so then I go to my Facebook friends, right, and I'm like, first of and sure enough, Brandon pops up, right. So I was um, classmates with Brandon at Carroll. Okay. Uh, we studied together. Okay. You know, we had some classes together. So I was under the impression that Brett was Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> so send me this email. He's like, Brett. He's like, Hey, thank you. You know, thank you for your time and consideration, Brett Firstle. I replied. Hey Brandon, nice <laughs> to hear from you, man. You know? And so, uh, you know, I, so I thought it was Brandon, and that kept going for you know we probably exchanged emails for about a week before he came in for his interview. Um, and sure enough, I was like, "What's up, man? How's it going? Like I haven't seen you since Carol." And he's like, 
you've actually been talking about my brother that whole time. And like, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> a big foot in the mouth yeah. in that moment right there. But that definitely seems like Brett. He would just not just he yeah, knew what was going on. Just you just let it keep going. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> and then finally he's like, oh, actually, that's my brother. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> oh, it was nice of you to still hire him and not be like, oh, I thought I was hiring uh, my brother. So. Oh, well, never mind. This, <laughs> yeah, this yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, okay, I know you're kind of from the Milwaukee area, Waukesha area. Do you have a favorite uh, local restaurant or anything like that that you uh, always like to hit up? Um, Milwaukee for sure. Uh, just being being Mexican, being Hispanic, I always you know tacos and Mexican food is a very near and dear place in my heart. Um, and actually, was just there this weekend uh, with my parents. I took them out to uh, to dinner. It's called Guadalajara's. In Eleventh uh, and Walker, so it's okay. deep in the south side by yeah. the by the freeway. Um, it's a little kind of mom and pop home the wall place. It's been there for years. Yeah, um, but God, their food is good. <laughs> Can there's a place like that that I've heard about that they do like great like to go. You can go get like uh, shells and like the meat that they braised all day and stuff. Is that the same spot or um, no? I think yeah. I know what you're. Ta- uh, I think you're talking about like barbacoa and stuff yeah. like that. It's like one of the um, it's like, yeah, it's like slow simmered, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a, I guess almost like a Mexican version of brisket, if you will, okay. right? Um, but no, I mean, you can, you can find those, and then obviously taco trucks are a dime a dozen. Yeah. <laughs> you can see yeah, well, we'll, have to, we'll have to go, you'll have to take <laughs> me down there sometime. For sure, I, man, I, grew up in, uh, I grew up in Dallas, so I miss, like, good... Good, good, good. Food. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's hard to find a little bit out here in that country I know, sometimes. I know. I'm like... Give me the extra hot sauce. Give me the, uh, let's let's actually do this. Um, okay, and then do you have any um, kind of favorite professional memory client that you worked with or like success story, anything like that? Um, yes, I have uh, um, one client who his name is Will, um, and he has uh, cerebral palsy. Yeah, um, and he's. I'm trying to think. He's thir- he just turned 13. Okay. Um, yeah, he just turned 13. Been working for about um, two years now. Um, and at first, it was just like getting this kid to move, right? Yeah. Like it was like his posterior chain was super tight, and like he was like limping. Like you saw him walk, and you know you're like, "What's wrong with that kid?" Right? Yeah. Um, and but he loves sports, right? And 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 it got to the point where like his mom. Um, was worried about like you know is he going to be able to play sports and you know, he gets into middle school and high school and stuff like that um, so I started working with him and you know uh, through obviously it took a long time um, but we're, we're I guess starting to starting to kind of I guess reap the, the fruits of of, of, of kind of all his work um, and all the time that we put in because you know now he's um, in middle school and he he just made his uh, his middle school's like um rec basketball team you know, he played so, summer all uh, he played baseball all summer um, you know granted he still walks a little bit of limp but you know it's night and day to where he was and, and the fact that you know I can, I can help him do that and like uh, kind of teach him along the way and um, kind of help him grow you know I've learned from him too because he's told me I mean like I, I look up to him because you know, kid has kid kid uh, has rough in the terms of like you know he got he got has to deal with cerebral palsy something that I will never understand right and he still has kind of this smile on his face, kind of positive attitude, and it's like, it kind of reminds me that, you know, my life isn't so bad sometimes, and, and you know, if he can be that young and still be that resilient, then, you know, um, you know, I, I kind of find that a little inspirational for sure, so. That's awesome. That's a, 
it's a great story. It just kind of goes back to why, you know, why this field can be so rewarding and, and you get into it in the first place is like those personal connections and getting to see see that progress. So that's uh, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. So BJ, really appreciate the time today. Um, where can people learn more about you, find more out about you and what you're doing? Uh, well, they can come find me whenever they like. I pretty much, I would say I pretty much live here. They can come to B Fitness. Um, located uh, located right in downtown Delafield, uh, and and feel free to kind of stop in and, and and check it out. And maybe if they come visit you, you know, we share a building with Kinetic, so a um, little little plug for both of us there. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And then obviously we have our uh, our website, and social media, but you know, bfitnesscenter dot com, and you know, we're here for anything anybody needs. That's awesome. Well, thank you. We'll uh, make sure we put that in the show notes. And thanks again for your time. Thank you to everyone for listening, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new that will help you achieve your goals. If you did, we would love for you to head over to Instagram and search MKE Sports Podcast. Like, follow, or comment on today's episode. If you have questions, comments, topics, or guest suggestions, reach out through that Instagram account. Your feedback will help us make this podcast as relevant and informative as possible. If you have additional time, we'd appreciate your help in spreading this information. If you could head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review, it will help us spread the word to more athletes in the greater Milwaukee area. Have a great day, and we will see you next time.